Welcome to Six Degrees of Rumination with your hosts, Nina Boyd, comma, Reno Gorman, comma, producer Mike. Now, wait a minute. That doesn't work if you didn't say and. I don't have to. I used the comma. It's good enough. <laughs> uh, no. Go back to episode 92. Go listen to our bit about the Oxford comma if this bothers you whatsoever. Honestly, Which I think every episode from now on should feature the Oxford comma. Oh, just God. to make this It point. could be another host. With your host, the Oxford comma, <laughs> comma. Uh, I think we have a good balance of like Debbie Downer, mm-hmm. pessimistic uh, articles and stories. And, and we've got positive some... Patty, positive Patty, if you will. Positive Patty. So it's actually positive for... All kinds of... Hepatitis or something. Optimism. Okay. So we got some fun... Well, Jesus. actually some not so fun animal uh, yeah. stories. These and aren't fun. Some are just kind of interesting, but I guess most of it's kind of sad. Mm. And then uh, science is kind of uh, coming in to save the day yet again. It looks like... Uh, sort of. Science for the win. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather go with religion for the win. What? what? You're just trying to stir shit. <laughs> I think uh, to play devil's advocate, which I always enjoy doing, <laughs> a lot of these first Debbie Downer articles about animals and the plight that they're currently in, it's because of technology. Like, we've gotten so good at producing so much. You know, yeah. I'm just saying, look. Yeah, I don't, I don't okay. have a retort for that. Yeah. You're, you are correct. Well, but hopefully science will continue to advance and figure out a way to not be yeah. so terrible. It's just a phase. It's yeah. just it's just a phase. We'll 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 be we'll okay. Techno our way out of this. Yeah. yeah, so this we want to start off with um the state of bees, mm. which you probably if you if you listen to anything anywhere ever, you know that bees <laughs> ain't doing so hot lately. No. Um we know we we live in the Sacramento area and uh, we do a lot of farming around this uh, this here this here town this here town we got the nickname of Cowtown which is yeah we don't have any cows though well that's that's one thing Just that we don't have but there's a lot of like crops and yeah. like it's an ag town for sure it yeah. tries really hard not to be but downtown what like the forty streets that encompass it yeah is a small part of Sacramento yeah. so anyways. Um, Almonds. If you eat almonds. Which are terrible. No, almonds are good. Almonds are worthless. Walnuts are great. Pistachios are great. Yes. Uh, Cashews? Cashews are fucking fantastic. The best. Yeah. Almonds, I never am like, man, I wish this had more almonds in it when I'm eating whatever it is. Dark chocolate with sea salt? No, almonds ruin it. Oh my God, I disagree. Anyways, um, (laughs) if you eat almonds, they probably come from California. They probably come from the Central Valley. I think we grow something like 90% of the world's almonds which is crazy california in general pretty much grows all your goddamn food <laughs> like if it grows anywhere it probably can grow in california and we probably mass produce the shit out of it mm-hmm. and that's and not boding well for bees no and almond uh, production has been up a lot uh and just like just about any other crop they they rely on pollinators and the almond industry relies a lot on honeybees mm-hmm. to pollinate them Problem is, is that uh, this has been very detrimental to their health. And I'm a mostly vegetarian. I eat a little bit of fish. So I'm pescatarian, but I rarely drink like regular milk. So I do like the almond milk like a lot. Yeah. Well, you're a terrible person. You're killing bees. Exactly. So I'm switching to hemp. cashew milk. Hemp milk. Cashew milk is the bomb. Did you say hen milk? Hemp. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Hen milk. <laughs> I don't think that could like the <laughs> inside you, of eggs. Have like, you been milking your chickens? <laughs> you're missing out. Dude. 
creamy. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, uh, you know, there's a couple things in this article I never considered. It was surprising to read about. But um, I also am still stuck on the fact that there's such a high demand for almonds. I fucking hate almonds. You're Every why? time you eat, because they're so dry and disgusting. It's like you can't eat one without needing like a whole bottle of water. Maybe I'm allergic to them. I don't know. Yeah, that might be the case. <laughs> but that, also, don't blame the almond. Blame I your, will blame your the almond. Genetic makeup. No, over there. the almonds taste like bees' sadness. I think that's the problem here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I like happier. almonds so much. <laughs> yeah, Mike loves the taste of bees dying. But you know, at the end of this article, they mention a uh, one one almond company that tries to avoid this kind of thing. I'm going to try their almonds and see if they're different. But yeah. see, we'll you're allergic about... to almonds. I'm allergic to bees. So that's why I want the almonds to win. Yeah, that, there you go. Oh, that makes it. sense. All right. Well, anyway. Fuck bees. So. Uh, not literally. The, right. That's part of the problem is that the bees that's, aren't. That's not part of the problem. <laughs> no, not that we're not. fucking. No. But like they're, they're, they're not able to, I don't know. They can't live longer than, <laughs> they can't live longer than a year in a lot of these cases. So of course they're not going to reproduce. But mm-hmm. yeah, if any workforce was responsible for like, I don't know, supplying the entire world with one crop, they're going to die. So, so why so why are almond orchards, um, an almond monoculture? Why is it so bad for bees, Nina? Mm, there's not enough biodiversity in most of the almond orchards. They take a bunch of bees and they try to make them just pollinate the almonds year after year after year. The bees don't get to go anywhere. They don't get to see the world and see other plants. Yeah, and Honey, yeah. they're contained in really small areas. So if some of them do get sick, the sickness spreads. But I think another big problem is like when you're trying to sell this many almonds and you're a huge commercial business, you're not going to risk any of your crop um, being unsuccessful because of pests. And so a lot of them use pesticides, unfortunately. Uh, Monsanto, everyone's favorite company. Yeah. It's a big, All, yeah. big problem. Almonds require a bit more um, pesticides than the average uh, bear. The no. average bear. <laughs> the average bear crop. Um, yeah, and they use a lot of glyphosate. They use a lot of Roundup, which is yeah. notorious for uh, being harmful for bees. And causing cancer in people, yes. as we've been seeing, but maybe not definitively proving yet. I think according to much Monsanto, do- it's not proven. And according to the U.S. EPA, which is incredibly corrupt and lost all of its fucking grit these days. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, um, the... The almond fucking season when they need to spread their pollen. When almonds start fucking? Plants fuck. That's how. That's what pollen is. Yeah, that's, but it's that's all how like impersonal. It's not fun things fucking. floating around in no, the air. No, it's not know? fun fucking, but it is no. plant fucking. So <laughs> their their mating season, if you will. I will. <laughs> is like January, February, which is a really cold time for bees. Yeah. Even though bees it's seventy degrees. Up. Right now, yeah, bees right. have nothing they complain no, about. No, no, in but, but like right histor- not historically, like biologically, they you yeah. know, they want to hibernate or whatever. Yeah, so them being released in the middle of winter, not such a great idea for Forced them. Forced to work in yeah. slave labor conditions. Yeah, where there's tons of pesticides, and then it, a lot of them are susceptible to different mites and stuff. And yeah, um, so hives can get um, infected really easily, and something like about thirty five percent of all hives die out every single year which is crazy so um, a third of the workforce yeah so um is it apiarist or apiarist i was wondering about that i think beekeepers? it's apier apiarist apiaristically anyways beekeepers um Appier. they they make maybe five percent of their profits from honey and the rest of it is shipping these 
hives to different orchards, different um, farms and stuff, and releasing yeah. them so they can pollinate whatever crop. Which I never thought about either, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, which is, which yeah. is kind of weird. They, they they take a truckload of bees and they drive Displace across them. the state, across you, the country. Ever and... seen one of those truckloads? No. no. Fuck. I'll try to those avoid that things, shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I, I used to drive for a living, and I was actually coming back from Reno, Nevada, into Sacramento, and I'm in my truck, and all commercial vehicles have to stop at the border and be checked. Mm-hmm. And two of those truckloads of bees were stopped and inspected. Bees were flying fucking everywhere. That's the other thing is like they can't yeah, I mean, they can't guarantee that the bees stay in there, so they probably lose like, you know. Oh yeah, the bees were flying everywhere. And yeah. I got up I got up to the border, dude, and I basically just put my papers up against the window and said, I'm not rolling it down, dude. I'm allergic to bees. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like he's just like, just go. Just go, guy. <laughs> like he didn't even bother inspecting my truck, yeah. nothing. I was no. I put the papers against the window, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. That's terrible. So if, you're, if you're smuggling shit across state lines, just say you're allergic to bees. There you go. Everyone? If you happen That's to see those I I it just popped up too. Like I'm rolling down that hill right across from the Nevada into California border. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all these fucking bees. I'm like rolling the windows up hella quick, <laughs> trying to fucking... Yeah, no thanks. But Those bee trucks are scary as fuck. That's the other problem. Wait, well, it's like, hold on. like how you many know of them... You know, go ahead with your joke. No, yeah. I'm trying to be serious. No, you know like when you're driving across like state lines, like between Nevada and California, or yeah. California, or whatever... And they like the sometimes they half the time they don't even stop you. There's like just go. Right. And then sometimes they stop you, roll down the window, and they're like, "Do you have any fruits or vegetables?" No. No. Okay. Then you go. They don't. They don't check for shit. Yeah, you could have like, like you a bag no. full of groceries, full of fruit, and like in your past, or like a bag full of pot or something. Yeah. And be like, "Do you have fruits any fruit?" And be like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like who says yes? Like who's that's like, yeah, I got a bunch of know. apples. Here's what really I'm trying to contraband kills me is ninety percent of the fruit. And vegetables and everything comes from California. <laughs> We're so not going to take like fucking organs. Fruit. If you buy groceries on the other side, state line in Nevada, like yeah. in Reno or South Lake Tahoe or some it's shit like that. It's probably from California anyway. Yeah. And then try to drive them across the border. It doesn't matter. It's like, I've seen Nevada, the fruit and vegetables in Nevada. It's not like it's going to bring in some weird fucking shit. It's such a stupid thing to look for. Limes don't grow in the desert, folks. Ah. So anyways, Nina. You were saying. I was saying. Um, that's the other problem, is that if these bees are escaping from the transport trucks, they're losing their workforce right there. Like, what the fuck? You know? This is supposed to be some sort of, like, big, valuable commodity now, and the bees are just flying all willy-nilly. They only had the tarps on the sides of the trucks. Like, it's just... It's not like, hey, here's a big box semi-trailer. Yeah. Put bees in it. They're going to die. Well, I don't think they're losing too yeah. many... From I don't the know, transportation, I'm just wondering. but yeah, I mean, like, you should be a little bit careful about it. But yeah, it's it's crazy to me how much of the demand there is specifically for almond orchards to have these beehives. Yep. I just I don't understand why do we need so many almonds? They're not good. Well, almonds no. are amazing. Fuck almond, you. Almond milk has become much more almond popular. Milk is so terrible. You might, yeah, you might blame you might blame the vegetarians. <laughs> I definitely will. Or the lactose intolerant. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Those are usually the people who are like, <laughs> we got to protect the earth. We have to save everything. Well, fuck you guys. You're ruining bees. Right. It's a little more complicated. So no. all you veggie people are those like dairy haters. Maybe you switch to <laughs> oat milk. Oat milk is great. I don't know how bad that is for the environment. Pea milk. Pea. Sorry, what? I don't want your fucking pea milk. Like green peas. If there's one thing I look forward to, it's drinking green milk. It's not green. It's actually white. That's weirder. Yeah. 
here, here, have you guys or noticed? Or cashew milk mm. or hemp milk. I like cow's uh, milk only. Have you guys noticed a trend Growth. in something? Like everything that's supposed to help the environment somehow fucks something else up. You yeah, know, you got that means your, it's time for us to go. That's basically what it is. All your batteries for your hybrid vehicles and your iPhones and all other shit like yeah. that. All these battery things, it's slavery. Recycling is a lie. It costs more money to recycle stuff than to just make something new. And it most costs of more it, money and resources. Yeah, and most of it still ends up in a landfill because it can't be recycled. Yep. Or it ends up in the fucking island in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And now almonds and almond milk and all that other shit like that is supposed to keep you from, you know... Eating or pr- producing cows, cut down that, on which, the, yeah. yeah, which is supposed to cut down on ozone They're, layer because cow farts are bad or some bullshit like well, that. Well, they also graze yeah. a lot and take up a lot of land, and the okay. land gets destroyed by their grazing, and you can't use it to grow anything new. And there's a whole other. But you whatever. just fucked it. in order to save some one thing, you're fucking over something else. This is that's exactly, the food there's always, chain, and that's always, life. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's trade-offs. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no clean and clear the tr- answer. That's why if there was a clean clear answer, like we'd already have this shit solved. Yeah, no. so, maybe there is in our next article. But those those trade-offs always seem to be equally as bad yeah you know separate but equal (laughs) reno oh my god (laughs) first of all i was trying to drink something all right that was the wrong time for that (laughs) in so many ways um yeah (laughs) yeah uh, almond almonds are really uh water intensive too they take a ton of water in california when we haven't had rain since a December. Yeah, we have plenty of water. It's cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's crazy about this article I, I didn't think about because I grew up in this area and it was just like second nature to me. But a lot of these orchards are in the San Joaquin County area, specifically the San Joaquin Valley, which is where Mike and I now live and where I grew up. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just interesting to see that become like part of the world stage now because everyone wants almonds. Yeah. Like nobody cared about us before, but it's fine. If you subscribe to Netflix um, or if you pirate movies, you should check out The Biggest Little Farm. It's a cool documentary about uh, a sustainable farm that uses um, a ton of biodiversity. It doesn't just grow like one crop. It grows like 75 crops. Mm -hmm. And it took a short story or long story short. It took about four or five years for it to kind of all work and come together. But it's a really cool story about how these farmers... um, had to make pretty big investments and start from the ground up. Badoonch. Yep. And uh, but they they made it work and and it's working for them and it's a really cool way of just seeing how uh, you can we could possibly be fighting the the problems of monoculture like corn and cotton and soybeans yeah. and and almonds and rice and all that kind of stuff and you know if we do it the right way you know nature's checks and balances and. All that biodiversity, like it, it works. It's just a bit more complicated and and whatnot. But it's really cool. If you get a chance, check it out. The biggest little farm. Speaking of stuff like that, at the end of this article on bees, they do mention um, this one guy who I think also lives in the San Joaquin Valley area, and he has like a a smaller I don't know orchard with lots of different things, not just almond trees. And he doesn't use pesticides. He doesn't use any of that stuff because he also has all the biodiversity, which I guess is necessary for bees to be healthy and all that stuff. Um, And his name is, I think, yeah, Glenn Anderson. He's 81. And he has Anderson Almonds as the company. So look into that if anybody wants to support him. Um, Every year he hires a beekeeper hobbyist from Northern California, or every spring, I'm sorry, for his hives and his orchard. 
And he said a lot of times beekeepers will bring wheat hives to him so that they can recharge because his farm is so healthy. So That's fucking rad. That's interesting. Also, um, on the flip side, the article interviews this guy whose bee business is not doing very well. And he's talking about how he has to do all these things to try to make profits and keep his business alive. And one of them, it's not just him. It's like a lot of beekeepers. Um, they have to fatten up their bees on corn syrup or simulated pollen substances called pollen patties. So think about that. Your bees are eating corn yeah. syrup, most likely, hmm. which is creepy and terrible. So stop eating almonds, everyone. You're ruining the earth. Yeah, and you know what you should eat instead? Soling. Mm. Is that how it's pronounced? Sounds appetizing. Tell Soiling. me more. Soiling. Soiling? Soiling green is people? Nope, Soling. S-O-L-E-I-N. What's Soling, you ask? I'm oh. so glad you asked. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, my God. I was talking to the podcast listeners. Yeah, who won't reply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't. Soling <laughs> is food grown from thin air, more or less. Mm. It's a combination of solar and protein mixed together. I just figured that out. Yeah. Soling. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, this one comes from Helsinki, Finland. Um, some scientists have been... Uh, uh, creating protein powder um, kind of out of thin air along with water, electricity, and s- some microbes. Yeah. Um, but they don't grow it in the ground. They, they don't need... They don't need bees. Fa- they don't need bees. They don't need farmland. They yeah. just need their microbes. No pesticides. And some air and some electricity and then some raw nutrients, which is just and, minerals and, mm. and some foods for the microbes. But then like food to add it to because you're not going to eat it by itself. So really, what's the point of growing it? Well, they're growing out of thin air. They're not using. They're not having to rely on the seasons or pollinators or anything like that. Yeah, but could people eat this food and have it be like nutritious on its own, or is it more like an additive? Supplement? It's more of an additive. It's like a, a supplemental, like protein powder, like something you'd add to yogurt or smoothies or yeah. salads or pancakes, pancake Ooh, mix. Oh, pancakes! Yeah. yeah, then you wouldn't taste it at all. Well, you wouldn't anyway. Smoking a pancake. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, what they do is, is they, they use these microbes, and it's kind of like a fermentation process. Um, they feed it the nutrients um, like ammonia and some other minerals and stuff. And they, they use uh, just raw air. They take air. <laughs> raw air. <so> quick. <laughs> they take uh, air from the environment, and they uh, filter it out, and they, create, uh, they extract the CO2 out of the air. And they also... Um, get the moisture out of the air so they create some get some water from the air they use electrolysis to electrocute the water and it separates the hydrogen from the (laughs) the electrolysis uh separates hydrogen and oxygen molecules and then they can use that to feed and ferment the microbes which um create a 65 percent protein powder which also has carbs and fats in it and so they, you can just add this powder to bread, pasta, or plant-based meat, or dairy substitutes. Why or wouldn't you just eat by... it or add it to meat? Hmm? Like they specifically say plant-based meat. That's weird. Yeah, like the Impossible Burger or Beyond Burger, like the fake burger yeah. patties. No, I know, but like why couldn't you add this powder to meat? I don't know why you would need to, but like yeah. can is there a reason why you can't? Or they just figure you wouldn't. Figured you wouldn't. It'd be unnecessary. Because yeah. I mean, meat is enough protein for you, and that's what we should be eating. Kind let's of sprinkle on fried chicken see what happens. <laughs> Um, it's fairly new. They've been working on it for the past couple of years and they're trying to scale it up. They're thinking that, um, it could be hitting the markets in the next, was it 10 years? Yeah. They, I think they need to do some human trials and stuff just to make sure it's 
safe and isn't going to cause allergies like almonds Ooh. or bees, you know. Well, I think, I mean, even if you're allergic to it, like not everybody will be, yeah. probably. I mean, maybe the <clears throat> microbes, like the fermentation process yeah. might be the part that sucks. Well, there's one interesting thing they were saying they might use it for astronauts. Right, because yeah. there's no soil it's out true. in space. So they described it as that's kind of like what plants do. They just use air and sunlight mm -hmm. and Whatever water to create energy. And that's kind of what they're doing. And uh, that they, it's, the production cost is the same as um, using plant or animal protein ingredients. So they're saying like it's around 5 to $6 per kilogram for 100% protein. So it's, it's uh, economically viable commercially. So you might be seeing a Soline pop it up in the next few years. Hmm. I wouldn't trade. No. No. I, I would wouldn't. try it. No, I wouldn't. I, it's a mental thing for me to do, eat something else that's living. I like knowing them at the top of the food chain. Well, there's there's microbes involved. There's some germs in there. No, I need yeah. to. <laughs> I need to know that the thing died. And speaking well, of, and now animals. I'm digesting it. <laughs> speaking of animals speaking dying, of death and sadness. Fireflies. Oh, fireflies. Everyone loves fireflies. Well, I don't think I've ever seen one in person. You have to go to the south or some other country yeah, to really Malaysia. see them. Yeah. I've seen fireflies uh, in Tennessee and D.C. over the past couple of years. They're awesome. They're really fucking cool. It's these blinking, glowing bugs flying all over the place. It's fucking rad as hell. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, except for they're dying. Oh, just like everything. There's... Low entropy of the earth. <clears throat> there's about 2,000 or so... Uh, species of bugs, some of them flying, some of them not, that create light. So uh, bioluminescence, in other words. So uh, there's a host of things that are contributing to their decline. Nina? Hmm. I got distracted by producer Mike telling me I can't use my mouse while we're podcasting click, here. Click, 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 I'm click, sorry, click, I'm click, trying click, to click. put the list together for posting it so people can read these articles one thing at a time excuse there, me multitasker fireflyers lives are at risk here i know uh, heaven I forbid know. i do my job as a producer i was more sad about the bees than the fireflies because like the bee thing seems sort of like a solvable problem to me like we don't need that many almonds you know you can cut down severely on how many bees are overworked by like stopping the almond demand but this this is a whole bunch of i don't know like just people being dumb like so there's a lot of light pollution now because the world is populated and there's there's no place you can go where there's like you know not some sort of civilization so when there's light pollution it throws off the fireflies from their mating rituals and a lot of times they're not reproducing so that's affecting their population um, but also like tourists flocking to see the fireflies in malaysia and taiwan and japan uh, I guess a lot of times they're just like trampling some of the flightless species of fireflies. So they're just like literally stepping on them and killing them because they want to see them so bad. So that, I don't know, like, yep. to me, I can't get as sad about this because it's just. It's sad. Know. Well, no, it's sad, but it's like, I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> there's a lot of habitat loss. So, yeah. for instance, there's the Malaysian firefly. It's famous for its synchronized flashing displays, and it needs mangroves and the plants they contain to breed. But across Malaysia, these mangrove swamps are being converted to palm oil plantations and aquatic farms. So, stop eating things that have palm oil in it. Yeah, like but like Snickers. What does, what do mangrove trees do for anyone except for the fireflies? Like 
Yeah, they keep fucking fireflies alive. No, no, I know, but like... Can you imagine a world without fireflies? What are fireflies doing for people? I can, because I've never seen one in person. Yeah, actually. But like, what do they do for people? Because that's how we're going to convince people to leave them alone. That's like asking like, what does this random germ or virus do for us? Like, I don't know. But like, germs are absolutely essential. Like, we have like thousands and thousands of germs and microorganisms living in our gut. And like, yeah, we don't understand what... Fuck that, give me some Lysol. Virus B does for <laughs> <You know>? us, but... <laughs> Just you know, chug they, some bleach. Um, no, I, I don't want fireflies to die, but I'm saying, like, we're not going to convince people to help them. Well, maybe we can, can find other explain, ways... you know. Maybe we can find other ways to create oil other than using palm oil, or maybe mm. Malaysia can find other sources of income. Do you think we can, like, mine the fireflies for oil in some way? Maybe. Yeah. But that's... <laughs> that defeats the purpose. Um, also, just kind of in general... Um, Overview, like, there's a huge bug apocalypse happening right now. Yeah, they're calling it a silent apocalypse, which I thought was a chilling phrase, if you will. Something like... Or a quiet apocalypse, excuse me. Yeah. 41% of bug species face extinction. So you might think, like, well, great, cool, like, less mosquitoes or, like, less ants, no, but, like... it's the cool ones that are dying. Yeah, it's the fucking cool ones that are dying. Cockroaches and all those other ones, that nothing will kill them. They, yeah, they're not going extinct. Yeah. But also, I mean, like, bugs, you know... They're part of the fucking whole ecosystem. It's part of that biodiversity. You can't grow just the fun stuff like almonds and soybeans. Like you need all the... Did you say soybeans were fun? Yes. Yeah, there's nothing fun about (laughs) that. Yeah, I don't know. Back up. Please, come on, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Throw me a bone here. No. I'll throw you a bean. (laughs) Tofu bone. Yeah. No, that's true. But also, I mean, people are kind of determined to keep on until we're the only species left. Well, and that's how it is. I'm well, into cannibalism. Yeah, there you go. But you won't eat protein powder harvested from the air. That's not. Someone didn't have to die for that. <laughs> you guys, you omnivores, you're all the same. Uh, omnivores. I'm yeah. actually going once I uh, once I get to a certain point with my health, I'm going to go on the carnivore diet. No, for don't a do whole that. Month that, and I, see what that I have I, so I, many I, problems I, with that. I, 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 it what? can't be good for you to completely avoid vegetables. Yeah, I'm going to no. give it a shot. Tell me how your colon is doing if you do that diet for a month. Like, I'm sorry. It equalizes. <laughs> no. I, it does. I don't see how that can happen. It does. Reno, what are your thoughts? Being the opposite of the meat yeah. diet. Yeah, from what I understand, meat is like the number one causing colon factor cancer. for colon cancer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Still doing it. Mike doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. can die from butt cancer. <laughs> if I had to choose a cancer to die from, <laughs> I'd die from butt cancer. Oh, my God. So um, nobody go see the fireflies. Yeah. That's my takeaway. But, you know, again, technology might save the day. We have officially created the first living robot. Ooh. We, we always talk about this. We talk about this. But it's like for real deal now. We've created Xenobots. They're completely biological machines created from the ground up. They were... Um, Are they made from dead bee carcasses? Nope. Dead firefly carcasses? Nope. Living frog embryos, Ooh. stem cells. Yeah. And then they used, uh, sounds like they used CRISPR. They didn't say they used CRISPR, they used, but they, um, they, they picked did and pulled. With yeah, their they DNA. genetically yeah. modified all this DNA stuff to create the thing that this AI supercomputer had theoretically come up with that, they, that the supercomputer AI yeah. deemed would be an effective organism that mm-hmm. doesn't exist outside of nature. That part was the most interesting, I think, because it's like right. robots building robots. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But out of biologically, like biological material. Exactly. Weird, creepy shit. That's, that's the age we're in. So these, they're like, I think they're microscopic. 
they're these microscopic organisms um, that uh, they're not frog DNA, like in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they just use that as raw material and they manipulate it and genetically modified it to be this own unique thing. And um, it can, they can spontaneously organize themselves. They can move around and uh, they can uh, heal themselves. Mm-hmm. So you can, they said you can practically cut them in half and they just regrow and regenerate. They, yeah, they can reproduce. And they can which reproduce. Which is creepy. They're going to take over the world. They've created a living robot that can reproduce. And heal itself. So if we try to kill them once they start to take over, no. So obviously some some positives and some negatives here. The positives say, they say is like this could be used to clean up radioactive contamination. Mm-hmm. These xenobots could gather microplastic in the oceans or they could... I think one of the main things is they they want to use it to for the human body. Yeah. They can send these xenobots into our bloodstream, and they could clear out your arteries. They deliver could drugs. they they could deliver drugs for cancer, and they could just fine tune and program these living robots to deliver specific uh, compounds and medicines to very specific regions. So you don't have to just use radiation and chemotherapy to kill yeah. just anything and everything in the area. You could it could be designed to target just very specific cells and specific areas of the body. Which sounds like that's where the next stage of uh, medicine and R&D is going over the next uh, couple decades is personalized, customized um, little machines and living robots that can deliver uh, hand-tailored drugs and cocktails to whatever condition you got going on. It's just crazy to me how, like, and this goes really well with the first two articles, like, we've got these insect populations dying out and meanwhile we're like well let's just take stem cells from one of these animals and make sure that humans can survive everything all the radioactive waste that we've created like all the cancer that we have in our own bodies like i don't know it's just that's where science is heading yeah it's kind of it's a, it's a trip selfish well i mean it's to cure people and like maybe yeah, this stuff can people well wasn't the infancy maybe these xenobots could be used to cure bees and, and fight those mites Maybe. That are they're ravaging can, bees. Like, pick the mites off the bees. Exactly. Little gorilla hands. It might work. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is this is a uh, like brand new or this is very very new. This uh, this article came out uh, not too long ago. I can't find the date on it, but very new. It's very exciting world. new science. Um, they did so. Then like the negatives, they says like they can't control it. They get, like these are living things that act on their own and yeah life finds a way <laughs> life uh finds a way oh this was published on mike's birthday january 13th 2020 why'd There's you tell date. everyone that <laughs> uh so everyone could say happy birthday to you next year they're not gonna remember facebook already knows when your birthday is so it's not like it's a big secret yeah really really new. i'm old now people but very old you're not old out of i said your birthday was 2020 you're brand new yeah. Out of the three people here, I'm the only one pushing 40. Everyone is pushing every Everyone's age pushing as long 40. as they're alive. Yeah. I'm pushing 100, buddy. And that's, All right? yeah. <laughs> and 40 that's is more of a reality right now. 40 doesn't mean anything, just like 30 doesn't mean anything. No, it means something. It only matters. Yeah, it means it only means something if you know what day you're going to die. She's just doing this to be a contrarian. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I, she but, gets to my age, she's going to have the same kind of I'm not that much mm, younger she, than you. She's gonna have the same kind of issue. No, I, mean, like, I didn't want to. I, know, I remember. <laughs> I remember how I felt at your age. 
Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That I makes remember. you sound old, so you know. Yeah. I remember how I felt last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not that far apart. God. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. You're gonna you're gonna go through all the same crises. No. Crises. I'll, I'll be fine. That I'm going through right I, now. I'm not gonna have any crises. I'll be okay. I'm having one. Yeah, I think you you threw in too many yeses there on the crises. Don't yeah. care. I'm older than you. I can do what I want. Seen old age. Um, yeah, these robots. K boomer. They're <laughs> they're alive. It's creepy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and I'm sure like the military will Definitely. devise can weaponize this. Yeah. If you can create robots that are gonna cure people, you're gonna create xenobots that can kill people. And I mean, how are you gonna? How would you know? How you, you know, yeah. they just release these into your drink, no, into the air, dead. into the water system, into your foods, whatever. Mm. Who knows? But our final article, I think this is an uplifting one. Um, this isn't a funny one. This isn't a, I'll make it funny. A quote-unquote interesting article, <laughs> Professor Mike. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, it's this new... This is one of Reno's, like, pet projects. Pet, oh. Th- this, is, this is good, you guys. This is awesome. Yeah. Is There's, this why it's interesting? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a liquid fuel that can store the sun's energy for up to 18 years. Okay. So when you have like something like a solar panel. It's collecting the sun's energy. It, creates, it stores it as electricity into these batteries. But like we've been talking about, those batteries are often made out of lithium or other things. And you, know, you can only use them so many times. Yeah. They are detrimental to the stuff. environment. And they're really big. They can be really costly. You can only use them so many times before they um, degenerate. Um, and you need those batteries in order to store the solar power. Otherwise, you only have electricity when it's sunny out. This new uh, chemical compound that they've made, basically when it receives the sun's uh, heat and energy, it rearranges the molecules into a difficult, different kind of chemical bond, and that energy is stored in the chemical bond. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they, when they run it through a simple catalyst, it releases that chemical bond and it rearranges itself to its original chemical makeup and it releases all that heat so it doesn't create electricity but it creates heat which is crazy which is close enough hey close enough yeah you know like the sun in a capsule yeah exactly it's like storing the sun in a liquid yeah so you you can have one of these little solar thermal collector dishes on like your roof and it seems like it's pretty efficient it collects all the sun's energy into the liquid and it's stored there and then whenever you want to say run hot water or run your dishwasher or your laundry washer anything that anything that requires heat which is where a lot of our energy gets spent in our homes and our offices um you can just run it through the catalyst and it releases that heat i wonder if these battery type things have a name yet because maybe we could name them fireflies in honor of all the dying fireflies because they're basically like that's so nice yeah um this <laughs> Mike's face. I just can't believe we've gone this long. <laughs> what? Like being married? <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> All of it. Uh, yeah. So um, when that heat is released, it really it warms the liquid by sixty-three degrees Celsius. That's one hundred and thirteen degrees Fahrenheit. You could boil water. Well, no, water boils at one hundred degrees Celsius, two hundred twelve degrees Fahrenheit. So you that's could close. Oil. It's hot enough. Like you don't need your water to be 113 degrees when you're you taking can a shower. Warm your. I do. Well, someone. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
but uh, it's they're they just finally got it to kind of work uh, as of 2018. So I'm sure they're working on it. They're hoping to get it so that you could get it to boiling to 110 Celsius, 230 degrees Fahrenheit, so that you could boil water and just have oh, more okay. efficiency. Um, but they're hoping that within the next uh, 10 years that this could be commercial commercially viable, that you could have your house, instead of having solar panels with really expensive batteries, and the solar panels themselves are pretty expensive. I don't know how expensive this is, but it's just a liquid that yeah. just, just hangs out in the sun. And it stores energy, so it sounds really efficient. I'm sure they'll make it expensive, though. Um, they uh, they also say, like, uh, the researchers claim their fluid can now hold 250 watt-hours of energy per kilogram, which is double the energy capacity of Tesla's Powerwall batteries. Oh, shit. Right, and those things are pretty good. So that's this is twice as hmm. efficient as that. So, I mean, I think that's pretty pretty promising. You could have, like, one of these and some solar panels on your house, and that... That could take care of most, all of your energy needs, and then some. Maybe. So, there, so there's hope that we can get off fossil fuels, we can be more energy independent, mm. and not have to uh, be fucking up our environment and all the bugs. I think, well, I mean, yeah. Not to be a downer here, but... Go ahead. I will. Um, the only way we're going to get off of fossil fuels is if the industry that's promoting them lets us... You know, like, you're not going to convince, like, a whole city to use this instead of whatever the system is now. That's the problem. Like fossil fuels as an industry has to step aside and be like, we're done doing this. You guys use this only. But that's not going to happen. Or sometimes the market takes care of itself. Like if this is a cheaper alternative than having to pay for natural gas or paying SMUD, your electrical bills or whatever, then yeah, yeah, I'll look at this. Or like if there's um, uh, like the neighborhood my mom just moved into a couple years ago, every single house has a solar panel on the on the roof. So if you have these development um, laws or, or tax breaks or encouragements to have solar panels for this yeah. new uh, thermal liquid, um, yeah, you can you can get that change. Mike looks like he has uh, an opinion. My, it, it, as somebody who would like to believe they have entrepreneurial spirit, if I was one of these like fossil fuel type of companies or anything like that, I would be the one. I would, I would assume I would be the one trying to get a jump on all of this stuff like i'd be the one that's right, like yeah. i already make a, we already make billions of dollars on this it seems like the social climate wants to move to a, a cleaner yeah, energy in yeah like and a lot of them are yeah I, I, I really don't know any very many people who are just like yeah i totally love having my home or whatever powered by something that's destroying the environment or having or wreaking havoc on something. Very few people are like, no, I got to have it that way. I think a lot I, of people are like that, yeah. actually. I like my coal. Yeah. I want to burn my coal. And that's the thing. It's just like, why aren't, like, if I, if I was one of these businesses, I would actually throw a lot of my company's money at research for mm-hmm. this. And you can move all the coal workers over to... Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's like you don't have to displace coal people who are doing coal mining. You don't have to like just move them over to this new energy. Like move them over to maintaining that. Move yeah. them over to this. It's just like slowly find a way to move over. Be the first one. Mm-hmm. Like if if I was the government, I would be like, you want tax breaks? Figure it out. Yeah, and but two, that, that only works. Yeah. That that doesn't work. Like, but then again, they have a lot of yeah. power. They have a lot of power, yeah. but at the end of the Just day, like the pharmaceutical companies, and that's where everyone's fucked constantly. No, and I I totally agree with all that too. But at the end of the day, eventually, it's like they're going to have to listen to the social 
to the to the social wants, the social Maybe. requirements. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's like, look, dude, people want to move to this. Yeah. Well, producer and, Mike and I changed yeah. places on this episode. Well, and and two, like, um, the combustible engine is going to be around for decades or centuries to come. Yeah. People will always need I, huge trucks that diesel you know, burning de- yeah, yeah de- or like the military the military is not going to run on solar powered tanks <laughs> electric powered tanks they're yeah. not at least not for the foreseeable yeah, future not. yeah but rocket ships and commercial airplanes are not going to fly on solar panels anytime soon it's just not really but viable your, yet but your typical house and your typical car that commutes you back yeah. and forth to work or school or whatever mm-hmm. can right yeah now and don't get me wrong i don't want to give up my my Acura. I don't want to give the sound of engines. I don't. I love that yeah. shit. I don't. I don't want to give it up. But at the same time, I w- like if I could make my daily driver one hundred percent electric, like a daily driver. All I'm doing is driving it back and forth to work. Mm-hmm. What? I don't give a shit about that car. That's not my fun car. That's that's my everyday car. If like fuck it, put it. Get rid of the carbon footprint with it. Yeah, yeah. I think, and if you think about, it, I mean, just. There's nearly 8 billion people in the world now. You can't just, like, all of a sudden, everyone switch to no, electric vehicles. It's going to take decades. But you yourself, like, you know, poor or less advanced regions that have to rely on, like, the more simple and in many ways very practical, you know, uh, combustible engines and, like, just burning gas for heat and electricity. Like, it's, it is, like, really effective. It just has yeah. byproducts that are bad when it's in such huge quantities but if you could cut that like if, let's leave cars out of it leave your cars out of it. if you just do it on every home right right now the amount the, the footprint that we would be leaving would already just be cut exactly tremendously yeah. right so, so if these companies these companies that are that are in charge of all the gas and all the all the fossil fuels and everything if they were smart they would already be pouring in money to do this research mm-hmm. to find a way to make it so that it's affordable for every citizen it's affordable to have it's affordable to make it happen mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like boom that 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 whole entire that that pressure is gone because mm-hmm. you already started doing that mm-hmm. i don't know that's my opinion if i was one of the big companies that burned fossil fuel i'd be like yeah cool we're gonna do that you listening shell you listening yeah. bp huh <laughs> but at the same huh? time i'm gonna be the first company to jump on this shit when it gets to the point of where everybody's crying out for it so much yeah. that you can't ignore it. I'll be the front runner and everyone's going to love me while everybody else, all the all my competition hates me because I'm the one that figured it out first. Exactly. All right. So there you go. Where, you know, did, where did that come? Fuck this. Yeah, that's what I was like, God, producer Mike's getting all serious over yeah, there. Dude, this is bullshit. Well, now Fuck we know bees. what you really think. Fuck bees. Finally won them over. Fuck bees. Fuck bees. <laughs> there you go. I'm back. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Six Degrees of Rumination with your host, Serena Gorman. Nina Boyd. And the producer, Mike. And the Oxford comma. Oh. And <laughs> fucking of bees. Right. Good night. <laughs>